What's going on guys? Kieran Needley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast. I'm actually, this is interesting because I've literally just met this lad a few, like today, like moments ago. <laughs> so this, yeah, this is really cool. So this is actually the first time I've actually had this sort of encounter where I've actually done a little bit of study behind the guy, but I haven't actually met him in, uh, officially until now. So that's the exciting thing is there's a little bit of a uh, the unknown involved in this, which is gonna be exciting um, because I'm gonna be just as curious as you guys about this. So I, th- I kind of like that trait. Anyway, this guy, all right, is Mitch Barrett. I was introduced through Brian and Lindsay who um, would have been on the pre- the podcast previous to this one. So it's going to be good. There's a little bit of a connection here and uh, he's got his own really cool, unique story that he's gonna talk about that I don't, uh, there's, there's a lot of holes that I'm keen to sort of fill in here as well. Since, like I said, this is the unknown for me as well. So anyway, Mitch, bro, let's introduce you. All right, I want you to start from, I uh, like to get people to introduce little Mitch, okay? So little Mitch, yeah. all right, bring out little Mitch, talk about him, uh, say where you came from. Uh, I know you came from Tennessee, but sort of talk about your background a little bit and we'll bring it up to now. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah well, I'm Mitchell Barrett. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Really early on started my fitness journey. Uh, 16 years old is when I really got into it. Quit all my sports. Mm. Actually, that's a funny story. Um, I was playing football. Mm. I was playing football. I was really big on that. My dad played football in college. Um, He was, you know, really big on me playing football too. So um, that was my thing up until, you know, like my sophomore year in high school. And I had always, in football practice, I had always gravitated towards the weight side, like the weight training and everything like that. So I was like, you know what? I'm not really interested in practicing the actual sport. Why don't I just stop doing that and put everything into weight training? And so that's essentially- When did this happen, Ish? Uh, 16. Also, at 16, it's not yeah, like a 16. Yeah. Mm. So did that, got my first car. Every day after school, it was gym going there yeah (laughs) so did that um 16 years old was going to the gym every single day um carried that on started doing bodybuilding competitions at 18 we're going to get into that in a moment actually because i actually want to sort of bring you back a little bit further before you got to 16 because i know you're playing sports um and you know you got into more the fitness side of things like the weight side and a similar thing happened to me actually so we can sort of talk about that in a moment but Going back to even younger, bro, talk about maybe like when you're four, five, six years old, what was growing up like for you? What were you like in gotcha. primary yeah. school, um, kindergarten, or preschool? What do you guys call it here? Preschool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We say kindergarten, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so what, what, what were you like as a kid growing up um, and what was your family like, I suppose? Yeah, uh, middle, upper class family, mm-hmm. um, you know, came from kind of just the, uh, the rural suburban town, like... Pretty pretty small, but just right outside Nashville, so it's like you got the city life there as well if you want it. Um, but yeah, man, just growing up in the neighborhood, like had my group of friends, had our cul-de-sac where we played sports all the time, like very active. Uh, so you always had sort of that active nature. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. And my parents were extremely like health driven and everything awesome. like that. So it was kind of ingrained in me from, from a really young age. Yeah. Um, I think my parent, my mom was vegan for like four years, but she gave it up. I was like, before it was cool. Yeah, right? exactly. before, yeah, before it was cool. <laughs> so you know, it was like for actually an extra reason, yeah, not just a train. I love it. Yeah. For real, man. Um, so yeah, playing up, uh, grown up playing in the, uh, cul-de-sac and stuff like that. Um, 
middle school, I was really shy. I was like, I hadn't found my way, you know? And I don't think anyone has, has found their way by then, but um, really shy kid, not a lot of, I would say, confidence right. um, in middle school because I was a skinny kid. Um, things, normal things to people were just a little bit hard for me, okay. you know? Just like having casual conversations with like girls or something like that. That's it's difficult. Me in a nutshell, shy skin in class. So where do you think this came from? I don't know. I, I think it was just how I grew up. It was how me and my brother, like I come from a family of four, uh, four boys. So I had three brothers, no female contacts, like and much at all. Were you a middle child, like young, old? Um, I was the third of four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the third of four. Um, and yeah, and, and the early years, it was just tough for me to talk to just new people in general. Mm-hmm. So, um, and especially girls. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> girls. Yeah, that, that yeah. adds on the added stress of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going into high school, I kind of found my way a little bit more. Um, weight training sports obviously grew my confidence a lot more. Um, I was really good at football. Well, actually, late middle school I was one I was I was really good at football and people knew that so it boosted my confidence a lot too yeah um so you know as I went on as life kind of went on my uh confidence and my people skills grew a ton and awesome and so yeah cool so um I love that you sort of associated sports with um, a growing confidence in a way Mm -hmm. um obviously there's the outside um, these are the outside affirmations of like, yeah, Mitch, you're real good. Like, you know, you know you're doing well. Like, yeah. you're killing it. Like, you're the man or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, but that's not a sustainable confidence, right? That's sort of like, you know, like in the initial confidence, you're, yeah. you're sort of attached to that sport. And then as soon as you sort of come away from it and you're in the real world, you find not your so identity there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you're almost attached to that. So where did that confidence come from uh, outside of the sport? Like, oh, of course, that's going to help their confidence. It's going to give you that sort of introduction to like, oh, yes, I can do this. But was there anything else that sort of lifted you up? Uh, later in life? Growing up, I suppose, middle school, high school. Um, I would say just my support system. Love it. You know, just my friends, the people that I surrounded myself with. Awesome. It's just like, and I've always been big on that. I've always been big on like surrounding myself with people that are super positive, that are always, you know, lead on a good note. Um, and that just kind of, you know, rubbed off on me in a way. So I think that's where I I gained a lot more confidence there was just being as positive to other people as I could and got really good feedback from that. I love that. So almost you, um, you're trying to project what you want to reflect. So you're trying to put out into the world what you want to receive. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, and was there ever a situation even in like middle school or high school or now, um, where you've had to actually... I guess almost push someone away from you in a way so it's almost like uh, okay this person's negative this person's not really reflecting what I want to what I want to project right so I'm, I'm projecting this positivity I'm, um, and they're reflecting negativity I need this person out of my life as Definitely. much as possible yeah well, so I had a serious circumstance where that's happened yeah and I mean in high school do mm. you meet so many people that's I feel like high school college is where oh, you yeah. know the most people you meet the most people so mm. obviously you're going to meet people that you don't click with a mm. lot um, so definitely there was people that I just kind of had to push out, um, 
you know, I had girlfriends, I had relationships where it, it got toxic. So it was like, have to, you know, this is a negative thing yeah. and it's taking my life down. So I need to separate myself. Okay. So I want to talk about relationships in a second, but right now actually I want to dive into maybe, is there like an idea of like a circumstance where it's been like, Hey bro, or, um, Hey mate, like, um, or even talking to like someone that you're related to, um, I need to spend less time with you or like, have you actually had to bring that up before or is that something you've actually just consciously been like, okay, I'm going to spend less time with him. Yeah. I don't think I've ever brought it up like formally. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you kind of just find yourself drifting away from someone. Um, and I think it's mutually seen. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I I like to see that almost as a positive thing for both you and them because I, I know in the, in the past I've been I've been in that situation where I want to be nice to everyone, right? I'm a people exactly. pleaser. Have you ever Me too. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's sort of like that feeling of I just don't want this person to dislike me any more than they already do. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to have to try to spend less time with them, try pushing weight or anything like that. But in that conscious decision of I need to spend less time with them, you're almost doing them a favor as well, right? Because so, exactly. it's sort of like... It's sort of like, um, okay, cool, I'm spending less time with you because um, my positivity and your negativity doesn't matching, but plus the fact that your positivity irritates them, right? Like, mm-hmm. do, you, do you, have you come across that before? But like where almost like your vibe is irritating to them? I don't think okay. I've felt that, no. Okay. Cool. I don't think I've felt that. Um, but definitely just tried to kind of uns- unspeakingly get the point across that like you don't want to... You don't want to hang yeah. out with him, you know, anymore. Definitely. Yeah. But. And I, 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 I appreciate that as well because it is, it is something that does need to be consciously, it doesn't need to be like formally addressed, but it does need to be something that you're conscious about. Um, I remember we were talking just before this podcast, um, before we started recording about those sort of relationships and um, having to actually take almost a step back and um, surround yourself with, yes, what you put out is what you receive from other people, but at the same time, consciously making those decisions, right? Of being like, okay, I need to spend less time with this person because this person's projecting um, this sort of energy towards me. And that, they're like, that doesn't make them a bad person. It just means, right, you guys- Yeah, you, you just don't them. click with yeah, yeah, and that's totally fine. And um, on that note, man, I want to dive into the relationships you were just about to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you been in any sort of long-term relationships? I was in, you know, through high school, I had a high school sweetheart. Okay, uh, yeah. Was in a relationship with her on and off for about three years, and right. um, you get to a point where your path and and the other person's path just kind of go separate ways, right? Oh, okay. And um, was that like end of high school, sort of? Yeah, end of high school, going into college, um, and we'll get into that later. But I actually. I started working right after high school, so okay. that even split the paths even yeah. more. But yeah, um, but yeah, there there comes to a point where um, things just start getting negative for both sides, mm. and you don't want to keep holding on to something that's not there anymore. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And um, was this a mutual thing between the two of you to split ways? It was awesome. I love mm-hmm. that. Do you guys still talk at all? Or? Here and there, not very often at all. Maybe every six months, we'll say. Oh, yeah. At, at least you guys have like a that sort of yeah, yeah um, mutual relationship in that sense. That's cool. Um, and was there? You said that before that there was something toxic about it. What was toxic? I think it was growing into the people that we were, right. or were, that we're going to be. Okay. Wasn't the same as who we were when we were in high school. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. So, growing into those two people 
one side, oh, I don't like the person you're becoming. Oh, I don't like the person you're becoming. Mm. So it's just, you know. Okay, so it's almost like like pretty much what you said about um, what we both said actually about um, relationships with friends is like we just didn't click like two great people mm-hmm. just didn't click yeah similar sort of thing with that. I I completely agree okay. two real in in this relationship two very very positive good people and we just grew apart right so cool yeah um, and then since then has there been sort of a situation where you've been had that sort of toxic relationship whether it is romantic or in friendship. Uh, since then, has there been another? Mm. Um, not quite any that are significant. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Oh, that's cool. All right. Well, I appreciate you for sharing that, though. Yeah, that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. So, um, coming out of high school, you um, you said around about sixteen. So I also want to talk about that now. Is around about sixteen, you sort of transitioned from actually that sport, and you were sort of, you know, I can imagine that would have um, been really. Um, really great for your confidence obviously being great with sport like um, you're doing well in that sense but then you actually moved away from that just into the gym mm-hmm. why? I think that so I was I was really good at sports right mm-hmm. I was I was always pretty talented and I just kind of lo- I lost the passion for the actual sport you know and I found that I found myself the happiest in the weight room right. so I was like, what? Well, let me weigh my options here. I have this that I don't like to do, yeah. but I have this that I love to do. Right. Why don't I just take the time that I'm putting into this and double down on that? Oh. So it's like something clicked in my mind then, and I just took that from there, and that's where you know my journey in the fitness industry started. I love it. And was it, did you feel any social pressure to keep continuing sport? I did. Yeah, a lot. Cool. A lot. Please so, talk on that. Yeah. Obviously. You know, being in a, on a football team, you have a lot of team camaraderie and stuff oh, like yeah. that, a lot of good friends. And so when I decided to stop playing football, mm. um, I had a lot of kickback from people who were like, you know, I played, since, I played with you since I was eight years old. Like, you can't just quit now. You have to finish and stuff like that. Like, I had those conversations with people. And then obviously my dad being a former D1 college athlete. Wow. Yeah. It was it was almost pressure where I was like, do I want am I doing this for him mm. or am I doing this for myself? I love that. Okay. Right? Mm. And so I had that conversation with him as well and I was like, Dad, this just uh, it doesn't make me happy anymore, you know? That and takes balls, dude. I was I was scared of what he was gonna say. Awesome. You know? I was scared of what he was gonna say, but he was very supportive and he said <clears throat> he's always been this way too so mm. he said you know if it, if this is something that doesn't make you happy i don't want to i don't want you to feel like you have to do this because it was my thing or you have to do it because you're you know good at it or something like that you do what makes you happy and so i love that support yeah and so i had always felt that way and so to hear the person you know you always look up to your father so to hear the person that you look up to most say that to you, oh, yeah. it's, it's huge. That is huge. So yeah, that was a turning point. That was like where I was like, all right. That's awesome. Yeah. Was there like a build up to it? Was it sort of like, okay, I need to say this, this, and this? Or was it sort of like, okay, you know what? I just need to do it. See what comes out of my mouth when you're going to talk to your dad. When I was going to talk to him. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was just something where I was like, I need to do this. Like, I'm going to go do it. There was no build up. I was like, yeah. this is very important to me. Also. Awesome. And I love that because it does take a lot of confidence to do that. And it takes a lot of initiative as well 
Um, I know myself, like I myself was held back when I, my family, my parent, my mum was really into horse riding, right? And she wanted me to like, you know, ride horses and all that sort of thing. I'm like, oh, just really not into it. And it took me a long time to actually address that with her. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of that, that feeling of obligation almost, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, within the family to be like, you know, riding horses and all that sort of thing. So I appreciate the fact that you're able to actually go ahead and attack that because I feel like a lot of people are held back just by that feeling of obligation from those around them whether it is family friends but at the same time um you pleasing them isn't going to a make you happy but b it's not going to make them happy either because you know um, you can't, how can you make others happy when you're not happy yourself right you can only yeah. give what, you, what i'm sorry you can only give what you've got yeah so that's that's cool man um Absolutely. what um, what would be a suggestion to those would you have any sort of like suggestions to those that are currently maybe doing whether it is a sport whether it is doing a job whether it's doing something that they feel obligated to do but they, it doesn't make them happy is there something you like to say to yeah to, i mean you know, i please. think it applies in literally everything in life it's oh, like yeah. if you don't if you're not doing the thing that makes you happy or the thing that you're passionate about the thing that drives you then what are you doing yeah you know you need to go do that because one you're going to work harder at it and two it's going to make you happy. You're going to just live an overall happier life. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. And um, with the fitness thing, that was obviously the, that was the thing for you, right? So what about the whole being in the gym, being like being the fitness scene, what about that made you happy? Um, I think it refers back to like, that's where I was confident. Right, cool. That's where I was confident. That's where I was happiest. Um, it was therapy to me, yep. you know. Uh, getting in there and just being able to get all your frustrations out and awesome. then obviously there comes uh, you know the part where you get competitive to mm-hmm. where you want to be you know you look at these guys that you look up to and you're like I want to look like that guy so that was always another motivating factor there too yeah I love that that sort of internal competition coming out from the sport that you've been playing right yeah. so it's sort of like yeah okay I'm going to beat this guy <laughs> in a way like in a fun way right so yeah. did, did, but did that ever become overwhelming for you though that feeling of like, oh wow, these guys are so far ahead and like, look where I am. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I think everyone deals with a little bit of like uh, comparison mm. to other people. It's um, huge. A ton of people deal with that. Like I think literally everyone has compared themselves to somebody in some way that Without made them feel bad, mm. right? Um, but yeah, you can't, you can't go through it comparing yourself to people because the only way you're going to get better is you know if you put all everything into yourself and just beat the person that you were yesterday right so that's the only way you can continue not beat this guy that girl this person yeah it's literally okay this was me yesterday I'm going to take it one mark further yeah it's Mm -hmm. like that extra inch whatever it is you know what I mean that's awesome dude and that's that internal battle way um so with facing that internal battle though there can come a time where you uh come across self-doubt and that's something because i was looking through mitch's um stuff before on social media and um he talked a lot about self-doubt and i love that because that's such a huge factor such a huge part of this world today that people struggle with self-doubt coming from lack of self-trust lack of self-worth um leading to that self-doubt of like i can't i can't do this yeah yeah so please talk on that for a moment is there has there been a time where you've really come across a self-doubt um, and you've had to overcome it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a time where, you know, everyone, all my friends, right after high school graduation, right, um, everyone went to college, mm. right? And so I had decided I want to stay back and I want to work. 
and I went to uh, I went to work for my dad. Uh, worked for his business, and there was a lot of self doubt there, where when everyone you grow up with and everyone you're you know friends with does one thing and you do the other thing, it's extremely hard to you know be okay with your situation because everyone you know is doing something else and going on a different path. So um, there was a lot of self doubt. There was it was like. And a lot of people told me that it wasn't a great idea, you know? So there's the self-doubt there, and then there's other people telling me you're doing the wrong thing. Was this like not a real job or or not going to college or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, you're not going to college, you're not gonna make anything of yourself. And so that's that's how I felt for a while after high school, right? So like a year after high school, I was like, what do I do? Like I was in this dark place. Um, There's that social pressure again as well, like we talked about. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I was in this dark place and I didn't really know, like I was sleeping in a lot. I didn't really know where my direction was. Um, And I leaned, I always leaned back to fitness. Like the only consistent thing in my life was going to the gym every day. So like you said, that therapy part that you talked Mm -hmm. about. So that was that. That was when you were going through that self-doubt. Mm-hmm. Right. Definitely. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a difficult time. Yeah. And I think everyone has to go through a, a certain period of their life where they go through a time like that to, you know, come out on the other end and, and know exactly what they want. You know? Definitely, yeah. And I feel like that these sort of um, times where there is self-doubt, um, or just genuine walls, barriers that we need to overcome, mountains, whatever you want to call them, they're ongoing, they're consistent. We're always going to face them, but we only need to get stronger and stronger and stronger with each one because mm-hmm. honestly, life gets harder, but you just get stronger. You know what I mean? So you yeah. take that initiative to actually do that, um, exactly. to actually take that um, lesson, take that um, failure and, um, and grow from it, whatever it is. And those are the times where we really grow the most, right? Is like those times where we're actually at rock bottom, those times where we are do experience slow growth or even when we're going backwards, that's the times when we actually grow the most funny enough, right? Ironically. So um, that's really actually awesome that you've actually taken that moment of self-doubt and being like, okay, cool. This is the time where I need to grow. I'm going to use the gym as therapy. I'm going to grow from this, um, you know, as a person physically um, and like in every way possible. So you taking that initiative, what inspired that for you? To take the initiative. Yeah, to the initiative be like, okay, cool, I need to do something about this. Like, was there a moment where it was like, okay, I need to do something about the self-doubt? I wouldn't say there, I think there was a moment, but it okay. wasn't like, it wasn't like this aha moment. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was like after a long time of being in this place, I was just mm-hmm. like, look at how much time I've wasted, like just not like having a direction. And I was just like, let me double down on what I love to do. Yeah. Let me, let me do what makes me happy because I'm tired of feeling a way of uh, tired of feeling unsure of myself and I'm tired of feeling inadequate. So I was like, I'm going to, and this gets into the, to the next part of my journey. Um, I went to my dad and, and this is where I knew that I wanted to be a trainer in California. Love it. Right. Um, I was working for him, working every day. Were you still experiencing a self-doubt at this point? I, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm. Um, went to him and 
this was probably like the hardest conversation that I've had to have with Pleasure. someone because I was so I was in this position where we we had set up this this thing where I was going to take over his business when he retires. I was very I was going to be very comfortable financially, everything like that. I saw my life, I saw the road that I was heading down. Yeah. Right? And I was just like I asked myself the hard question, is that what you want with your life? Mm. And the answer was no. And so I went to him and I said, I know we've got this plan and I know that you know, we've set these things up, but this isn't what I want to do. And what he said to me will always stick with me, will okay. always stick with me. He was like, because I was expecting him, I was expecting him to be upset. I was expecting a completely different answer. But he said to me, he was like, if moving to California and being a personal trainer will make you happy, that is 1000% what you need to do. Awesome. And so I was just like, wow. Like someone else sees the vision, someone else is there. Is that belief? That's it's an external exactly. belief. Exactly. Yeah, not many people get that. And the mm. fact that your dad gave that, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Dude, and the, I'm assuming that sort of was a fuel for you to go. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah. I was uh, three days later, I was like, all right, oh, pack my stuff up. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, Talk about that process. So. And yeah, and the funny thing is, while I was having that, or while I was in that um, like transitional phase, mm. Another one of my friends was actually moving to California as well, and he needed a roommate. So it all just lined up so perfectly. It's it's funny how it things like when you come to like certain uh, realizations, like things just line up for you. Where focus goes, energy flows, right? So it's yeah. like you 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 really genuinely wanted this. You're focusing, 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 and things are starting to align. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but obviously, if you had focused on the problems um, coming along with that with that transition, I'm assuming that would have actually just amplify those problems even more because that's where the focus would have been. But you're focusing on, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to become a personal trainer. I'm going to, you know, move to California. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to build this life for me. And that's what you're doing. And I love the fact that you're just so focused on that. And that's just something that actually a lot of people struggle with, dude. And you've just done it so naturally, which is incredible. So please, man, please share like what, um, what would be a piece of advice to someone who is, because this is actually coming from it, that time of self-doubt right so please share share with people that are currently experiencing that self-doubt what they need to do in order to we'll talk about first what they need to do in order to overcome that what's like maybe the biggest piece of advice you could give someone that has that self-doubt who needs to overcome their self-doubt um i think it's asking the critical questions cool the the really critical questions that you know you need to ask yourself but you kind of like hesitate you don't want to ask yourself Mm. or they pop up in your head and you're just like i'm not going to think about that yeah um i think you need to dig in on the questions like am i happy is this something that i see myself doing in the future and when you come to that realization that it's like oh no it's not see where you can change it right I love that. Mm-hmm. And it's almost just accepting those vulnerabilities. And I've seen you talk about vulnerabilities, but I've also seen you, um, yeah, and then, but you've also talked about self doubt a lot. And you've, um, sorry, actually, with vulnerabilities, bro, do you think that there's an importance in actually being vulnerable, not only with, um, with maybe people around you, but also yourself? Do you think that's such yeah. a big thing? Oh, yeah, actually, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think that goes neglected a lot of the time. Absolutely. It's like you you don't have that really deep inner 
questioning of yourself and being vulnerable and asking your like like I said, asking yourself the right questions and the the tough questions. Yeah. And that's what being vulnerable with yourself is. I love that, yeah. And it's definitely something that people um, struggle with. I know I've struggled with myself is actually being vulnerable with myself and it's because um, I myself have grown with depression and growing with depression is something that you like literally don't want to accept because it's like, no, that's weakness. Like, I should not feel this way. I shouldn't be thinking this way. Like, you know, with the self-doubt, it's like, okay, no, I shouldn't be doubting myself. I mean, uh, but it's there. But then it's um, it takes, it's, your, it's up to you. It's your responsibility to be able to be like, okay, wait, I'm actually thinking these thoughts. I'm feeling these feelings. I need to do something about it. Because yeah. if you don't actually address the problem, how are you going to heal, right? Yeah, exactly. Like that's literally what you did, which is awesome. Um, so please talk about the process of going from this self-doubt match to this uh, thriving match in California. So that sort of in between, uh, how did that process go? Yeah, man. It was like it, after I had that conversation with my dad, it, I feel like a switch just happened. Like something just clicked for me. Awesome. And um, so like I said, a friend of mine was, was uh, moving to California too. And I had actually not even had my personal training certification. I was working on it and I had already, like we had already set up to move. We had found a place and everything like that. And so I packed up my truck. I packed up a U-Haul trailer wow. in it and I drove from Nashville to LA like three days by myself to LA where our place was. Wow. And so um, got there and was still working on my personal training certification. Um, didn't really know where I was going to work. Didn't know like all the details. All I knew was I, I was going to make it happen mm. and I was going to figure it out. Where did that confidence come from? Was that from your dad? It was, was, it was from me knowing that I am put here to help people through fitness. Awesome. And so nothing is going to stop me from doing that. Yeah. Um, so that why obviously kept you, um, kept you on track it, it meant you that you weren't waver like you were unshakable essentially yeah you know what i mean and i want you to actually before you continue that story talk about the why how does someone how does one come to a strong why that's harder yeah that is yeah. it's difficult yeah. man because i feel like it's it's ingrained in you from like when you're young yeah but I, right. I, like, like if you, we can use an example of like a client, for example, I, like we've all, as personal trainers, we've always, always clients that sort of like that drive, they don't really have that why ingrained in them as strongly as maybe you did with your move. Cause yeah. Like, okay, cool, I'm going to do this. This is why I'm doing it. And no, like literally nothing is going to overcome my why. Mm -hmm. So someone, um, let's just look at it. Maybe a client who wants to achieve a certain amount of fat loss, like they want to lose 20 pounds um, over the space of six months. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not a crazy, like it's not unrealistic or anything. Mm -hmm. um, what, what would you, what would you get them to look into within themselves in order to find that why? Like, I think the why can't be shallow. It can't mm -hmm. be a shallow why. It can't be like, oh, I want to look good for the beach this summer. Cool. Yeah, it please can't talk about that. that. Yeah, talk about because that. Because that's, uh, I, I deal with this a lot because when I have people come in and I'm like, why do you want to do this? Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, I just want to look good. You know, that's never going to stick. Because when you get to those hard points, when you get to those critical points in your diet and training, and all you, all you have to refer back to is, oh, I just want to look good for the beach, you're not going to No, continue. that pizza is more important yeah, than exactly. you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Pizza is more important, <laughs> for sure. Um, so you need to really dig in with yourself, find something that has holds more weight has a lot more gravity on it cool like 
oh, I want to be healthier. I, I want my life to be healthier. I want my lifestyle to be healthier because that's going to make me a better person. Awesome. Right? Something of that sort. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then almost like, I'm, I want to be a better person because of this, this, and this. Like, I'm maybe um, I've taken these this path before and that don't, I don't feel good. So I want, to, I want to be a better person because I don't want to have to go through that sort of experience again or maybe exactly. I've affected people that I love around me based off the person that I've been so I want to become a better person so that I don't want to have those sort of negatives um, you know negative associations with other people because of that so um, literally what you said bro I like that that struck me bro like I love that that's literally what needs to be done eh? otherwise like we said you're going to look at that pizza and be like I don't care about my body right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, You're always going to give into it if you oh, got straight a, up. a shallow why. Definitely, sure. man. Definitely. And um, I know that a lot of people on here um, not only struggle um, on the mental side of life, but on the mental side of fitness. So I know that's something that you really dive into as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I want to actually dive into that before you sort of continue your story. Um, is, has it been sort of... Um, has there been sort of like a time in your life where you've struggled around anything to do with food or fitness, like any barriers on that side of things? I don't think I've, I've had any real like horrible struggles with food. Okay, cool. Um, I think the only really concern that I've had with food is when I started competing. Right. Because yeah. that's really, really unhealthy when you get to a certain point. Definitely. And were you competing as soon as you moved to California or? Uh, I was competing before. Oh, you were? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was competing in Tennessee. Okay, cool. So talk about maybe your first competition and what was that like? So my first competition was when I was a senior in high school. I was 18. Wow. That's young. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I started pretty young and um, didn't really know much about it. And I went into it, didn't have a lot of knowledge on diet either. And so I went into it and I was basically just starving myself right. to, you know, look a certain so way on stage. Coach, you sort of just... Exactly. Up. Because you're held to a standard of, of this leanness that you have to be on stage. So you want to get to it, but you don't know the the right way to get there so you end up just starving yourself yeah, right definitely. and so that was really the only uh barrier that i had to break through there and it, it had some ramifications afterwards because when you do starve yourself on the other end when you start eating again you put on a lot more weight than you it's would. like a pendulum right you swing yeah. one way you swing the other yeah exactly yeah exactly and so and that's another thing that i preach to all my people is like if you want to look a certain way do not like go the slowest possible route you can right instead of just trying to like this cut get a beach body in eight weeks or six weeks or something like yeah yeah. don't no you can't crash diet because it's just going to pendulum the other way Mm. um and you're just going to be on this you know back and forth Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay cool um so with your clients then, what sort of mental barrier do you think is one thing that stands out the most? What would be like a very common mental barrier you come across? Mental barrier. Yeah. Or maybe even what's maybe one of the biggest struggles that you come across? One of the biggest struggles. Do you think it's accountability or? I think it is accountability okay. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Cool. Um, and that's my job mostly as a Love trainer. It. Love it. Yeah. It's, it's like anyone can really get a program online like you can get any program from youtube you can get anything for free yeah but the real thing that you're paying for for a trainer is the accountability like i have to be at this place and do this or else my trainer is going to be pissed off at me Mm -hmm. so 
Yeah, I think I love that's that. the biggest struggle. Yeah, and what do you do to keep them accountable normally? Like, do you, do you ever have to, like, have you heard, it? like, what's the, okay, give me the biggest story. Um, yeah. I've, I've got, so I've got this rule is like, whenever somebody's late, mm. for every minute they're late, they have five burpees, right? You're so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I, uh, people are listening to me like, oh my gosh, uh, like 20 minutes late. Oh, that's, that's like, that's a hundred burpees. <laughs> it's a hundred and I, I, I hold them to it. I'm not going to lie, mm. but it's that extra little, okay, I yeah, have yeah. to be there or it's going to suck. Yeah. Right. I like um, that. I like that. I wish I did that. Mm. Yeah, man. So. Um, I think accountability is the biggest thing because accountability creates consistency and consistency is the key. Yeah. Consistency is the overall, that's what you need in fitness to succeed. Definitely. So, yeah. Awesome. And I've, I'm seeing you talk about success a lot in general, actually. So that's not obviously just applying to fitness, but applying to life. So what do you, if I was to ask you a very broad question, okay, and there can be multiple answers to this but this is going to be based purely off your personal experience um, and your personal beliefs. Mm -hmm. What is the key to success? The key to success, this is going to sound generic. Perfect, that's fine. But it's doing the same processes every single day. Right. The same successful processes every single day. So if you're- Like you say, consistency, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If If you want a great body, you have to do what it takes to have a great body every single day for a long time. So that to me is the key to success. Love it. So it's not like getting to Saturday and Sunday being like, cool, it's the weekend. I yeah, can take a break. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, no. No, it's, and, and it's about doing it when it's difficult timing for you too. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you want to go out and have drinks with your friends or do whatever. And you can still do that. But at the same time, there's, there's a level of accountability that you have to hold yourself to, mm-hmm. to, um, you know, keeping it consistent with yourself and being honest with yourself there too. Definitely. And actually I want to talk on that really briefly is how do you go about keeping accountability with yourself? Because not all of us have coaches, not all of us have trainers, mm-hmm. right? Um, whether it is in fitness or in life in general. So is there like a key tactic you use personally to keep yourself accountable? I wouldn't say there's a tactic. I think it's it's been, in, like I said before, it's been ingrained in me so much that. that this is why I'm here and this yeah. is the reason that I am you know, put out onto the earth. Love it. And it, that's, it's, it's something like part of my beliefs, but, um, Can, do you mind if you talk on that for a moment? Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I'm a very special, I'm a very spiritual dude, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, dude. Um, but, um, <laughs> what, what, what are you beliefs? Do you mind if you talk on that? Uh, I'm Christian. Awesome. Yep. Christian. So, and I believe that everyone's put here for a specific reason, Beautiful. uh, to help, you know, the greater community in some way. You believe there's some form of contribution that we all have in our own way. Yes, to society, and I think mine is helping people, phys- you know, physically. So, boom, yeah, I love that, and um, I think that should apply whether or not you're religious or not, um, because we all do have a reason to be here. Because um, I myself, I consider myself Christian as well, dude. Um, I say dude a lot, <laughs> um, but I really do believe that we all have a reason to be here, and it's not just to achieve happiness. Because how can we achieve happiness if we can't? light other people up around us. And I think that's something that Brian actually talks about a lot, right? It's be a light, right? Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. And that's actually something that's so important because if, imagine if we were, you know, in a room full of sadness and we're the only only one happy, eventually we're going to be pulled down to their level. So the only way we can sort of achieve consistent happiness is by lifting others up around us, right? Because then we're going to be happy. Yeah. 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 And that, that touches on something really important right there. 
is like when you give to someone else, it makes you so much more. It, it brings you so much more Love joy. It. When you give yes. to somebody, aside from like getting a present or getting something from someone, mm. when you give to someone, you get such a greater feeling and such a longer lasting feeling. Definitely. Right? Because you know that you did something to greater that person's life and it gives you so much more. Absolutely. And I love that. Um, And it's also giving without expectation as well, isn't it? Mm Because if you give with expectation, that's almost going to make you worse off, right? Because it's kind of like, okay, I'm I'm giving you this, but in my head, I'm expecting this back. Um, Yeah, and then you don't don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're not only disappointed in them, but you feel disappointed in yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so that's a really powerful thing. Is actually is actually the art of gifting, and it's not an easy thing to do because it's very natural for us to be almost expecting of whether it's um, just a general um, general gift like a physical gift, or whether it's a gift in a relationship. Uh, it's very easy to sort of fall into that toxic toxicity. I didn't say that right, uh, but you get my point. Um, <laughs> yeah. In a relationship, is like okay, well, I'm doing this for you, so you're going to do this for me, and that's really crooked. <laughs> yeah. What up? Um, there we go. Fix that. Yeah. So. Um, when it comes to when it comes to giving, it's definitely something that true. I agree is absolutely something that's so important. Um, so, do you feel like that? Um, is do you think do you feel like that? If people don't know what their purpose is yet, um, do you feel like that's okay? I think it yeah, is definitely probably. okay. Yeah. And do do you have any suggestions to people that haven't quite found out what their purpose is? For someone who hasn't found out what their purpose is, I I think that just do more critical thinking. Like I, like I said before, do more critical thinking on it. Ask yourself the right questions yeah. and just go out and do different things. Awesome. Like do different things and find out what brings you joy, what doesn't. Maybe this sort of brought you joy, but you kind of just weren't about it. And then maybe this just, you're all about, you know, but you never know until you try. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. Cool, man. Uh, do your- thank you so much, man. I'm going to end this um, in a moment, but I actually want to ask, where where from here, man? Where's it? What's the next chapter for me? Sky's the limit, brother. Awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah, cool, man. So, do you have like any? Do you have like a specific idea in mind going forward, or because I know you want to transition online and things? Yeah, yeah. I, eventually, things ideally, um, I want to transition online and just completely come out of in-person coaching. Mm-hmm. I love in-person coaching. I mm-hmm. love it absolutely, and I think I'll still keep some of the clients that I have. Um, but eventually I think everything's going to, you know, go to online with my service on there. Um, just, you know, to have the freedom of, of location. Cool, man. And, um, I, I actually, I'm, I keep saying one more question, but I, I just want to actually ask this is, um, what keeps you driven now? Is it what you talked about with your Christianity or? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's what keeps me driven is what keeps me doing what I do is knowing that I'm here for this purpose awesome and I actually um, just before we actually finish and ask Mitch for his details where we can find him is uh, something that I've seen him talk about before is um, on his on one of his posts he mentioned that if you do something and uh, achieve a certain thing that's going to give you more confidence to actually go out and achieve more things right because that's, exactly. that's the self-doubt thing yes. about, right? Yeah, yeah yeah so it kind of creates like a like a tale of success Ooh. Yeah, I've never heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like a domino effect. Like one thing happens good, mm. and then you know you have that on under your belt. You have that on your belt. Mm. So you're like, 
okay, why can't I do this next thing? Because I did this. Yeah. So why can't I do that too? And so it just keeps building and keeps building yeah. and keeps building. And then, you know, you got something out of yourself. I love that. So, yeah. so keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. It's going to happen. I love it. Good Dude, stuff, okay. Man. Thank you so much, man. Dude. Can you please tell me where everyone can find you? Uh, you'll find me on Instagram at Mitch underscore Barrett. Um, and then Facebook at Mitchell Barrett. Cool, dude. Awesome, man. Yeah, well, all the best, dude. And um, this podcast um, has honestly been a very interesting experience for not just, I'm sure, you guys, but for myself. I mean, I came into this um, partly unknown, but at the same time, um, I, I had the pleasure of actually going through his Instagram, learning a little bit about Mitch, and I learned a little bit about him through Brian as well. So it was really cool sort of just getting to know him. I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as I did, because I certainly didn't. I feel like we're bros now. So when I'm back in LA, bro, we'll have to uh, we'll have to get a couple of good sessions in. But otherwise, guys, be sure to go and follow Mitch, okay? Because I know that he can actually give out some good information, especially if you suffer around that self-doubt. He puts out what I've noticed is a lot of good content around self-doubt and around successes as well as like miniature like little keys to actually because it's not just one key to success right but it's like many little bits of information in order to how you can achieve your own success so please head along and follow him um and also please subscribe to this podcast the pocket coach okay we've got some awesome other interviews coming up where um we've actually got next week which is matt yates um he's a life coach that's gonna be really cool and there's some awesome stuff coming up later in bali when i move there yeah guys (laughs) All right, so subscribe to this uh, Pocket Coach. Find me, Headley Fitness, on Instagram and Karen Headley on YouTube where you'll also find this in video form. Cheers, guys. Catch you later. Have an amazing day.